For those of you that were trying to fall asleep on me already, that woke you up hopefully. Hey, my name is Chase Courtney, one of the student pastors here. So excited to be able to speak to you this morning. Um, We have got a really special treat this morning. We have our 1910 kids in the house. Can y'all give it up for our 1910 kids in the house? 1910 kids! Yeah! Hey, That's what I'm talking about. Hey, Pastor Todd. We got more than that, right? 1910 kids! I've I've got an idea. Stay right there, Pastor Chase. Don't go anywhere, okay? I I got a great idea. Yeah, I've got to speak. Yeah, I know, but that can wait. Okay, I I know you got a lesson prepared, but I'm thinking this, okay? Just bear with me here. We're coming right off Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. Kids are in the service. Do you know? What a showstopper kids are. Bro, you're a little close. Okay, sorry. Okay. Hey, let's do this. I just, I'm, I'm about visuals, okay? So I want to see all of the 19, first, let's just do it this way. 1910 kids, raise your hand. If you're in fifth grade or under and you're in here, yeah, mm. there they are. Okay, let's do better yeah. than that. Kids, come on up here. Come right up here. I want everybody to see you. I told y'all last week we were taking over. Come on up here. They do look good. Right up here along the front, man. Look how good looking this group is. They are so awesome. Look at that. Nice. I've got an idea. I've got this great idea. Kids, y'all just hang with me. Stay where you are. Man, you're a good looking group. Pastor Chase, this is going to help you. Okay. Okay. I do need all the help I can get, so I, I, what do you got? I heard your sermon last, uh, last service, and it was, it was great. It was really, really good. But I got something that's going to take it to the next level. Okay. All right? We're Here. all about going to the next level, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Check this out. I'm thinking these people, two things they have not gotten enough of this season. One is Christmas music. Okay. And the other is live nativity, man. Yeah. I mean, you travel throughout the hill country in San Antonio, live nativities everywhere, but we got room for one more, I think. We could do a live nativity. You need me to move this? Could you? Yeah, kind of get it out of my way here. Because basically, Pastor Chase, what's happening is I got a fever, and the only prescription is live nativity. That's what I'm saying. All right. So we're going to do this. First of all, I need a little help. Um, uh, Ashley and Donna... I'm going to bring our wives in on this. Could y'all come here for a second? Um, We're going to talk business, so y'all just talk amongst yourselves for a second. Okay, Okay. listen. For live nativity, the thing that brings it is a sweet little baby, okay? So I need y'all to go out and, on my cue, bring in a sweet little baby. Uh, You can find one in here. Oh, the nursery. Nursery. I'm sure parents have put some in there. Parents don't care. Just go grab one. Uh, If you can't find any back there, What? If you can't find any back there, just go out in the community somewhere. I just need a sweet little cute little baby, okay? All right. Hey, and make sure, make sure it's wrapped in swaddling clothing. That's so important nowadays. That's the new thing, Pastor Chase, swaddling clothing. Okay. So with this, I'm going to need, uh, I'm going to have to, oh, I got an idea. I'm going to need a Mary and Joseph right here. My friend Ashley, come up here. She, come play Mary for me. Can you do that? Come on up here. Somebody help her up the steps right there. She's going to play the part of Mary. There won't be speaking parts. It's okay. You can just stand here. Oh, my goodness. Mary slides. Okay. Don't slide off the stage. Watch wow. Out. This, 
Welcome to children's ministry. I'm All not right. sure they had those kind of shoes back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> Stand there. Don't slide away on me. Now, for Joseph, Joseph was a carpenter by trade. That meant he was a big, strapping hoss of a dude, okay? So I need, um, I need a Joseph right there. Come on, Joseph. Come on up here. All right. Do you see where this is going? I've got Mary uh, and Joseph lined up. Stay there, Mary. Don't slide away. All right. My friend Joseph right here. Okay. Nice. Mary and Joseph. Looking good. All right. Now, okay, let, let me tell you guys something. Pastor Chase is new on staff here, so I don't think he really knows the whole story, so we're going to have to walk him through this. Okay. All right. Y'all just, y'all just aim that way. Look pretty. Okay. So basically, Pastor Chase, what happened was... We're in a town called, what's the name of the town that Jesus was born in? Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Children's Mm. ministry pays off. Okay. Okay. Bethlehem is where they were born. Um, So Mary was looking for a place to stay. Both of them were. Mm -hmm. Uh, They went to an inn. The inn was full. All they could do was stay in a stable, like a a manger. It's kind of like a barn. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 You didn't know that. Okay. Goodness. All right. So. These guys are out in a barn, right, kids? Right? And she's about to have a baby, and it's going to be the baby Jesus. But check it out. In this barn, it's full of animals, okay? All mm-hmm. sorts of animals, because that's, Pastor Chase, that's where animals live, is in a barn. Yeah, it's in a okay. barn. Yeah. All right. So, all of you on this end, from the very end to right here, are going to be my sheep, okay? You got, oh, man, I, I wanted to be a cow. Sorry. Y'all are sheep. From here all the way down to here are my cows. There's going to be a test in a minute, so I hope you're paying attention. All right, now, I chose a smaller group because check this out. Y'all are going to be my barn owls. Y'all didn't read about that in the scripture, did you? Could have been there. Could have happened. Okay. So. You couldn't think of anything better for them. What are you criticizing for, man? I'm trying to help you. Come on, dude. Okay. okay. All right. All right. So we have our sheep. All right. On the count of three, I want you to do it loud and proud so the people in the very back can hear you. Give me your best sheep sound. One, two, three. Pretty good. Like Solid it. sheep. It's good. All right. My cows. Cows face this way so your family can see you here. Yeah, some of my owls are already flying away. They see where this is going. On the count of three, I want you to give me your best cow sound, all right? One, two. Are y'all sure y'all are up for this? Yeah, all right. Okay, one, two, three. They're pretty good cows. Was that a boo or a moo? Uh, They may have been booing. I get that a lot on Sunday mornings, okay? All right, and now for the elite right here. Give me your best barn owl on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. That's not bad. Okay. I'm kind of impressed. All right. So, Pastor Chase, as you can see, I've painted a picture for you, right? Live. So, we have all these animals. And we have Mary and Joseph. And yes, there were some wise men that showed up. And yes, there were some shepherds in the field. But the big moment was going to be 
once a certain someone came. So the night was perfect, man. Mm-hmm. That night, you can read about it in Scripture. It says that the sky was perfect, the stars. It was just beautiful lighting. Ooh, that's nice. Disco, I like it. All right. So there was also, it could be heard over the hills, there was soft, angelic music playing. All right, okay, okay. But anyway, so you get the idea. All that stuff was really good. Okay, Mary, Joseph, here's the showstopper. We're going to bring out the sweet little baby. When's Jesus coming to play? He's getting here, man. Don't rush this, dude. Okay, goodness gracious. Come stand right over here, Mary, Joseph. The baby's on the way. The moment Mary and Joseph and the rest of the world had been waiting for, that sweet little baby arrived on the scene. That's my wife right there. There were elves, too, that helped the baby come along. Sweet baby Jesus. Yeah. It's a big baby. That's a full bearded baby. Stay away from that baby. Yeah. Hey, ladies, thank y'all. It's the ugliest baby Jesus I've ever seen in my life. Baby Jesus is ready for dudes weekend. Uh, (laughs) Ready. He's ready. Jesus is going to be sporting his flannel. I think is what's going to be happening. So, Mary, um, I guess... Pick up your baby and we're done. Okay, well, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just stop it right there. Is, I guess. Was this getting somewhere or? Well, I just thought it might help you with your, your sermon. Um, yeah. You know, I mean. I want to hear some animals real quick and then I'm going to go ahead and okay. take over. All right, All right. Let's, do, let's go through the animals one more time. On the count of three, I want to hear the sheep. One, two, three. <laughs> loud. Sheep wow. got loud. All right. The cows on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, yeah. And uh, the chinchillas on the count of three. One, two, three. Yeah. Do owls. What? They They need three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Very good. All right. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, your live nativity scene. That was beautiful. I think you can work with that, that, right? Yeah. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Come on, guys. Wow. Let's go this way. Y'all give it up one more time for our 1910 kids and baby Jesus. You guys can go ahead and find, uh, find your correct parents. Go to, your, go to the right grown-up. Yeah, and I just want to say real parents. fast before I got off the stage, uh, Pastor Chase knew he was going to be doing a sermon this morning. Um, and when he found out it was going to be Family Sunday and all the kids were going to be in here, it was his idea. He said, you know what, let's see if we can incorporate kids and families. So uh, he's got a great message for you, but that's definitely his heart. And uh, he wanted to include everybody in that. So thank you for that. Appreciate it. Y'all give it up for our great kids pastor, Pastor Todd, and his wife, Donna. They do awesome job. Very cool. Wow. Baby Jesus. I love it. How do we transition? <laughs> Quickly, that's right. Well, hey, 
Here we go. The stage is set perfectly. As we know, we saw Jesus has arrived on the scene. So what does it mean when Jesus shows up? What did it mean for culture, for people 2,000 years ago when real baby Jesus showed up on the scene? What does it mean for us now 2,000 years later when the Spirit of God shows up, right? Well, how does it change things? What does it do to culture? What does it do to us? You see, there's something powerful that happens when the creator of the universe shows up. Are y'all with me? I, I don't know about you, but when you think about someone so powerful, someone so loving to create the universe, to create all the beauty we see, and then also to create you and I, and how intricate we are, and how just amazing God has developed everything, something powerful happens when that person shows up. When Jesus shows up, things change. You see, from the very beginning of Jesus' life, he changed things. Even before Jesus was born, the Bible speaks about a story where Mary, the mother of Jesus, is pregnant with Jesus, and she goes to her cousin's place, Elizabeth, who is pregnant with John, who we know as John the Baptist. So Mary and Elizabeth are hanging out, and the Bible says this, that Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Even before Jesus was out of the womb, he was filling people with the Holy Spirit. This dude's nuts, right? He's crazy, he's powerful, he's impactful. Even before he entered the world, he was already impacting other people's lives. He was already filling them with the Holy Spirit. He was the man, right? Even before he was out of the womb. As a baby, Jesus was dedicated in the temple. And the Bible says that there were two people in the temple that had been praying their entire lives for this moment to happen. Simeon and Anna. They had been praying for the Messiah to be revealed in Israel. And so what happens is baby Jesus comes in, they bring him in, and they dedicate him in the temple. And Simeon and Anna, in a moment, they, they just think to themselves and they say, this is it. This is the moment we've been waiting for. This baby is not like other babies, right? There's something special. There's something unique. There's something different about this man. There's something different about this baby, right? There's something different about him. It's his presence that changes things. As a 12-year-old boy, we read a story in the Gospels that talks about Jesus in the temple once again. And he is, he's teaching the religious teachers, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, these experts of law. He's teaching them the scriptures. He, he's amazing them. He's, he's making them be in awe of who he is. It's because he had authority. He had power. It was his presence that was changing things. And we see once again, as a 30-year-old man, Jesus walks on the riverbank of the Jordan. And his cousin, John the Baptist sees him again, and something leaps inside of John again and says, that's him. That's the one I felt before I was even out of my mother's womb. That's the one that made me leap, and I'm leaping again because this is our Messiah. This is the one that's going to change the world. He's here. This is him. You see, when Jesus walked into a house, when Jesus walked into a city or a temple, everything changed. People were drawn to him, and they were changed by him every moment. Every moment. This morning, I want to remind you of a really simple truth. If you leave with anything this morning, this is what I want you to leave with. When Jesus walks into the room, when Jesus shows up, everything changes. Are you with me this morning? 
When Jesus shows up, everything changes. Everything. There's a, there's a cool story in 1 Samuel 5 that I want to read about. Uh, it's, how many of you know that the Israelites, they had this kind of this rival army, the Philistines. And the Philistines were always on their back. They were always fighting back and forth. And the Israelites had this, this big chest that was made of wood and gold. And it was just ornate. It was beautifully made. And it represented the presence of God. It was called the Ark of God or the Ark of the Covenant. So they had this Ark of the Covenant that literally it was a physical representation of God's presence. Well, the Philistines, they decide one day that they're going to steal it. And they're going to take it back to their, their temple of their God, Dagon. It's a, it's a false idol. It's a, just a fake fake idol that they worship. So they put the presence of God in this temple, and I want you to see what happens. Verse 1, after the Philistines captured the ark of God, or the presence of God, they took it from the battleground of Ebenezer to the town of Ashdod. They carried the ark of God into the temple of Dagon and placed it beside an idol of Dagon. When the citizens of Ashdod went to see it the next morning, Dagon had fallen with his face to the ground in front of the ark of God. Ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and put him in his place again. The next morning, the same thing happened. Dagon had fallen face down before the Ark of the Lord again. This time, his head and his hands had broken off and were lying in the doorway. Only the trunk of his body was left intact. Now, we may read this story. You may read this and kind of just pass over it and be like, I don't really know what's happening. It doesn't seem that interesting. But when I read this, I saw something powerful. I saw that when you put the presence of God in any situation, everything has to bow down to the presence. Are you with me? That when you put the presence of God in front of a false idol, that thing is broken. That thing has to fall down. When you put the presence of God in front of your addictions that you're struggling with, those things break, right? They have to break in the presence of God. When you put the presence of God in front of your broken relationship and your marriage that's going astray, Relationship restored. The presence of God. It's the greatest thing we have. It's the greatest thing we have. And when you stick the presence of God in your life, when you invite his presence into your life, everything changes, friends. Everything changes. Nothing can stand in his presence. The Bible says over and over, and it shows that kings bow down to him, right? Kings that don't want to bow down to them, they're, all, they're always humbled in front of him. That men and women bow down to him, that idols are broken in front of him. Because God's presence changes things. When Jesus shows up, everything changes. I love what it says in Psalm 97.5. It says, the mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. How many of you have been to a mountain? How many of you have been skiing or you just, you've lived in Colorado, you've just been by mountains? How many of you know that mountains are big? Mountains are solid. They don't move really, right? It's, it's pretty impossible to just go up to a mountain and be like, God, let's go. No, it's not budging. It's because it's solid. It's huge. Just get this picture before the Lord, before the presence of the Lord, the mountains can melt like wax. That's how powerful he is. He is a powerful God, and he's a loving God. There's a story that um, I've talked about quite a few times, uh, but it's the reason I talk about it so much is it's a story that's impacted me forever. And every time I think about the power of his presence and the power of his love, 
this story always comes back to mind. Uh, a few years ago when Ashley and I were still in college, uh, about 10 or 12 of us of our friends, we were going to a church service one night in Birmingham, Alabama. And so during the day, we got to Birmingham early and we decided to go to our friend's parents' house in hopes that they would feed us, right? We were going to hang out all day. We're college students. We don't have any money. Hopefully they get us some pizza. We can just hang out and go to the church service that night. So we're playing video games. We're watching TV. We order the pizza. And after we order the pizza, we just have this kind of this calling or this feeling that we should all just turn off the TV, turn off the PlayStation, whatever we're playing, and let's just, let's just begin to pray for the service that night that God would unleash his presence. So we spend 45 minutes to an hour praying We're all, I mean, we're just going after it. God, do what you want to do tonight. Use us in ways uh, that we can't even imagine. So we stop praying after a while. A couple minutes later, 10 minutes later or so, the pizza man knocks at the door. He comes on in. He brings the pizza on the counter, puts the pizza on the counter. The dad gives him the money. He walks out. We don't think anything of it. He calls about 15 minutes later. And he's crying, and the, the, the dad has answered the phone, he's talking to him, this pizza guy is just crying. And he said, I don't know who you guys are, I, I don't know what you guys are all about, but when I walked in there, you guys were playing video games, y'all were on the TV, there was nothing spiritual necessarily going on, but when I walked in, I felt something that I've never felt, only, I've only felt it one other time, and it was when I was five years old, and my grandmother brought me to church. And in the middle of that, he's weeping, right? And he's telling the story to the dad. And he said, when I walked into the door, I felt this overwhelming presence on me, and it made me want to change my life. And he said, right now, I want to give my life to the Lord. Can you lead me in prayer? I guess that was kind of boring. You got, I mean, seriously, this guy, a pizza delivery guy, gave his life to the Lord on the phone. He didn't... He didn't walk in, he didn't walk in the door and we were all like on our face crying and saying, Jesus, save this pizza guy, he is a sinner. No, none of us said, dude, you need to repent, you need to turn your life around. None of us said any of that. We didn't do anything spiritual, but Jesus was there. But his presence was welcome in that place. And so Jesus did all the work, right? We just invited him and he had his way. What an what a awesome lesson for us is sometimes we fight so hard to get people saved, right? Just invite Jesus. He'll do the work. He'll work through you. His spirit is big enough. His spirit is, is, is lovable enough. He loves people more than we love people, right? And so a pizza delivery guy gives his life to Christ, not because someone said, you need to get right. He just felt the presence of God for the second time in his life, and it changed him forever. I love it. I can't stop thinking about it. But I want to see that more and more in my life, you know? I want to experience those kind of stories on a, uh, uh, routinely. That should, be, that should be routine for us. And unfortunately, it's not. But I say all that to say, here's the good news today. We've gone through Christmas. Maybe some of you have just had an amazing Christmas. Maybe some of you have just been dragging through it, right? You're just trying to get, get through this season because it's hard. Maybe something's weighing you down. 
Maybe you have some addictions on you. Maybe you just have stress and you're carrying so much baggage. I'm here to tell you today that God is in the business of changing lives. God is in the business of taking that weight off you. God is in the business of taking that stress, that financial burden, the relationships that are going astray, and he wants to restore some things today. God wants to heal your heart because he's here, and that's what he does. He doesn't just show up to give us goosebumps. Are you with me? God's presence is, it goes way deeper than us feeling good in a song. It's so much deeper and greater than that. It's life change. It's forever being changed by him. But here's the cool thing. God's presence doesn't just stop at us experiencing him, but it goes further than that. It's allowing the spirit of Christ within you to reach others. Are you with me? It's, it's allowing the spirit of Christ that has affected your life to impact other people. I, I once heard a pastor say, and it's just impacted me forever. He said, Christ did not die just so you could get to heaven, but he died so that every person you come in contact with can get to heaven. It's not just for you. It's for the hundreds of people you come in contact with every single day. It's for your coworkers. It's for your boss, uh, students. It's for your friends at school. It's not just for you, it's for them as well. He died for them. And when you encounter someone full of anger, full of bitterness, guess what? When you walk into the room, you can bring peace. You can bring joy. When you encounter someone that's depressed and sad and just can't can't get over it and they, they can't just move on with life, you can bring hope to their situation by just being there. How many of you know that you carry the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead? That's what the Bible says. It's Bible. You carry the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It's not a mini version, right? We had our our kids up here. They don't have a mini version of the Holy Spirit just because they're in kindergarten. They have the full thing. And God is ready to release it through them as well. There's no stopping it. It's not a mini version. It's the whole thing. God, have your way. What do you want to do through us? So that's our challenge this morning. Is let us walk and live in this expectancy, this, this being awakened to the spirit of God inside of us. That when you walk into work, you can make a difference. When you walk into school, when you walk into your, your family at home, when you get in your groups of friends that you feel like, man, they really need Jesus, you can bring Jesus Because he's inside of you, and he's waiting to get out of you. You carry the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And I love what Moses talks about in in Exodus, Exodus 33. Moses was very aware of the fact that he needed the presence of God. We know the story of Moses, right? That Moses is, he's actually a murderer. He, He is, he's insufficient to do what God's called them to do, but God calls them anyways and says, I want you to take these millions of people out of slavery and I want you to bring them to the promised land that I've called them to. And so Moses is like, what the heck are you talking about, God? I just killed a dude. I'm not worthy of that. I can't do this. I can't even speak. And this is what God says. This is Moses' prayer and God's reply. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. 
You have said, I know you by name and I have found favor with me. And you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people, God. The Lord replied, my presence. Everyone say, my presence. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. Now show me your glory. Moses understood that the thing that would distinguish him and God's people from the rest of the earth is his presence. It's the very thing that's going to distinguish you and I from the world. Going to church on Sundays and checking that and saying, I've gone, perfect attendance. That's not the thing that distinguishes you as a Christ follower. It's his presence with you. It's his favor on you. It's you being able to walk in boldness and, being, uh, and being, having that courage to reach into people's lives and say, God wants to move in your life. God loves you. Can you close your eyes just for a moment? And I want you to just kind of hear God speaking this over you. Because some of you may have walked in and you have a lot of things weighing you down. Maybe the holidays have been terribly hard for you. Maybe you're just going through some situations in life and you absolutely don't know how to get yourself out of it. Maybe you're just struggling with some addictions, some relationships. It's just weighing you down. I want you to hear this. God is saying over you this morning that my presence is with you. My presence is with you today. I haven't left you. I haven't forsaken you. I'm with you. I've been watching. I know everything that's going on. I'm with you. So that when you walk into your work on Monday morning, be assured, I'm going with you. That when you walk into school next week, be assured, student, I'm with you. My presence is with you. I believe God's saying to many of you this morning, just try me. You've tried everything the world has to offer. It's time for you to try me. You've looked to other people. You've looked to alcohol or drugs. You've looked to relationship after relationship to fill the void in your heart. But I'm just telling you, try me. Try my presence because you'll be astonished. You'll be amazed at what I can do. Father, I just pray that you would just release your presence in this place. Before I go any any further, God, I pray that your presence would be released. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would reveal yourself to every individual in here, God, in a new way, in a greater manner. God, every kid, every student, every adult, have your way in this place. We welcome you, Jesus. 
Guys, look what happens when ordinary people like you and I embrace his presence. Acts 4, 13, this is Jesus has already died. He's gone to the cross, paid the price, and he's ascended into heaven and he sent his Holy Spirit. The very spirit that was within Jesus, he sent it to us, sent it to his people. In Acts 4, 13, it says this, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They took note that these two men had been with Jesus. They were just ordinary men, nothing amazing about them, except that they had been with Jesus. See, these men were preaching in the temple and they had just healed a man and these, all these temple people were coming against them and saying, no, that's not right. You can't heal this person. You can't do this. But they were astonished with the boldness and courage of Peter and John. The same Peter and John that had just not been so bold. The same Peter that had just weeks before denied Christ three times on the day of his crucifixion. You see, the disciples started off scared, foolish, immature followers of Christ. They, over and over, you see Jesus, is, he's walking with them, and he's saying, don't y'all believe? I just fed 5,000 people with a piece of bread. Can you not understand who I am yet? They were immature and they were foolish, but we see in the book of Acts, that they were filled with the Holy Spirit and God gave them courage and boldness and faith, maturity. One of my favorite things as a youth pastor, the things that make me feel a little more fulfilled in what I do is getting, see, getting to see the faces of students when they just get it. Maybe for the very first time. Maybe I meet them and, and they just... They're not really awakened to what God wants to do in them, the love that God has for them. But over time, you begin to see the transformation. You begin to see in their face, they just light up when they get it. It's the greatest thing ever. It's to see people that know their identity and know that the presence of God is with them wherever they go. Coolest thing. The presence of God is with us. And just like Peter and John I think the greatest compliment we could ever get as human beings is not that we're extremely good looking or we have intelligence or we're funny. I think the greatest compliment you and I could ever receive is that we look like we've been with Jesus. That's the greatest compliment right there. Peter and John, you're just ordinary men. In fact, you're unschooled. You don't really know a lot of knowledge but you've been with Jesus because there's something different about you. There is a presence on your life. There is an anointing on your life to set the captives free. There is an anointing on your life to reach into the darkness and bring in the light. I want to be like Peter and John. I, I just, I don't care to be extraordinary. I don't care to have the intelligence. I, I don't care about any of that. I just want to have his presence. I think God's looking for a church. He's looking for a body that would we be willing to say, I don't care. It's not about our church attendance. It's not about how many small groups we're involved in. All those things are important, 
but it's about are you walking in his presence? Are, are, is he with you? Are you walking into your schools and your workplace and in the public and have his presence on you? Is he marking you, distinguishing you with himself? That's the greatest compliment. You look like you've been with Jesus. And so let us catch this simple revelation this morning that when Jesus shows up, everything changes. That's our prayer, God. When you show up, we know that everything changes. And so we just welcome you in this house this afternoon. We welcome you here. We open up our heart and say, do what you want to do. Do what you want to do, God. Can we stand all across this room, please? And as we finish up this morning, we want to give you an opportunity to really say yes to him. We want to give you the opportunity to really say, yes, God, here's my heart. I'm opening it up. I'm saying, God, whatever you have for me, we want the more. Whatever it looks like, God, we want the more. We want your presence, God. We don't want just the check mark that we've attended. We want your spirit, God. Because we know where your spirit is, there's freedom, there's liberty, there's life change. And that nothing can stand in your presence, God. And so here's what we're going we're gonna to call you to do. As the band plays, if you have any prayer needs, if there's just some things going on, you, you need to just get prayer for maybe some addictions, maybe some broken relationships. Maybe you've been praying for your son or your daughter for lo- a long time. We're believing that today, today, answers are going to come. We're going to have our prayer team on both sides, but if this altar is open, we would love for you as we get back into worship before we leave, for you to just come on up, and we're just going to go after God with all of our heart, and we're just going to pray, and we're going to worship with all of our heart. So God, we welcome you. We open up our hearts to you and say, come God, fill this place with your presence. Distinguish us by your presence, God.